I wonder, do you ever have doubts about things? You know, maybe doubts in yourself, doubts about other people, uh, doubts about the church, doubts about your faith, doubts in anything else for that matter. Uh, my wife, Jilly, sitting over there, she loves me dearly. Don't you, dear? Oh, yes. Yeah. But for some reason, for some reason, Jilly has doubts in my ability to repair electrical things in the home. <laughs> She's in for a big shock, I've got to tell you. But what about God? What about God? Do you ever have doubts in God's never-ending, unlimited love? You know, a little girl once wrote a letter to God. She said, dear God, I've been told that you love people. Does that mean that you love me? Do I matter to you? Now, I'm not a gambling man at all, but I think that it's a fair bet if we're totally honest that we've all asked similar questions on occasions, especially perhaps when things are difficult, when we're having to face something that, that we're not too keen on. I, I know that I certainly have. On life's journey, more than once I've cried around aloud, God, whose side are you on? At times when life's difficult, it's so hard to fully appreciate the love of God. When life's a, an uphill struggle, do we really matter to him? Does he care about us? Oh, yes. Uh, we know those bits in the Bible, don't we? We know that familiar story, that one about the, the good shepherd who goes off looking for one of the lost sheep uh, while he's got all those others safe and sound back home. But supposing we'd been the one that was missing, would he come search for us? He's got plenty more back home. Would he miss us? Oh, friends, the truth is that when we start questioning God like that, we underestimate the awesome, wonderful power and love of our loving God. For time and time and time again, we are taught that each and every one of us is important. And more than that, each and every one of us is loved totally. Just look at the person sat next to you. Can you imagine loving that? <laughs> well, God does. God loves even the person in your seat. God loves us, each and every one. And his love and his commitment to us is total. It is 100%. Scripture makes it so very clear that even the hairs on our heads are numbered. Now, for some, that may be a longer process than for others, of course. But be sure that our God loves us so much that if we were and if we are ever to wander away from him, 
we cause him the most acute and agonising pain. Uh, Make no bones about it. The love of God for you is total. There was a chorus. When I was a little boy at Sunday school, we used to sing, so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get over it, so wide you can't get round it. Do you remember that one? Yeah, you're older than you look. That's okay. But that sums up the love of God. It is simply beyond our imagining. It's there all the time. In times of need and in times of celebrating. It was there with Doreen uh, just recently in those rough times. It's going to be there with you ladies when you celebrate 90 wonderful years. It's even going to be with Alec in France. Amen. And maybe in Cornwall too. Yes. For such is the love of God. It knows no bounds. It knows no limits. And you say to me, oh, yes, you're on your soapbox again. But we've heard all this before. We heard it years ago. We heard it when Adam's dog was still a puppy. It's so, oh, dear, 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 dear. Yes, you have heard it all before. But sometimes I think we and this world need to hear it again. Especially at the moment. That our God is a God of love. And a God who holds us dear. Each and every one on life's journey. You know, the uh, Old Testament book of Isaiah contains some 66 books. Oh, sorry, 66 chapters. And the first 39 chapters speak of how Israel was having a rough time. The people had been taken into captivity and bondage. But the second section, that's chapters 40 to 66, speak of hope and deliverance and salvation. And as we mentioned earlier on today, the first words of chapter 40 give us these words, comfort Comfort my people, says God. Are you comfortable? Have a shuffle if you're not comfortable. Stand up and walk around a bit. That's okay. God wants us to be comfortable. He implores us, his people, to take comfort from his love and his word. To be strong and to rely on him for his love for us is complete oh things have gone pear-shaped for them the Jews were in exile perhaps understandably they were questioning God captivity had put their faith to the test why did God allow this to happen why does God allow that to happen what have we done to deserve this what have we done to deserve our anxiety and stress And in truth, isn't it the same for us at times? What's that you say? Been there, done that, got the T-shirt and seen the video. Yeah, life can be like that. But let's turn further to our reading that Molly read so beautifully for us today. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25. To whom will you compare me, says God? Who is my equal, says the Holy One? Who is my equal? 
How often do we try and put other things or maybe other people or even other things that we might perceive as God in God's place, hoping that such things would bring us comfort, such things would bring us success and happiness and satisfaction that we crave for. Well, sit up and pay attention. I say that sometimes to my grandson, Reggie. Sit up and pay attention. I'm going to tell you something important. God has no equal. And if you go home from church today with nothing else, go home with the sure and certain knowledge that no one and no thing can ever compare with the wonder of our ever-loving, ever-living God. A God who gave himself to this world, as we celebrated not long ago at Christmas. A God who sacrificed himself, as we will celebrate shortly at Easter, in order that you may know and rejoice in the wonder of salvation and life eternal. Put all your faith and trust in him and he will never fail you. Verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired, he will not grow weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. In other words, where are you getting your information from? Who or what have you been listening to? The media? The newspapers? The TV? The internet? I've got to tell you that the things of this world will decay. They will fade away. They will perish. But God never grows tired, never grows weary. For such is his love for each and every one of us. And make no bones about it, our God sees your needs. But he also sees the needs of us as a church. And importantly, he sees the needs of this world. And just now, things are grim. Just now, well, every time we look at the news, every time we lift a newspaper, every time we uh, go into the media, there's more problems. God knows. God understands. Take comfort in the richness and wonder of his love. A love that knows no bounds, a love that knows no limits. He knows all that there is to know about us. He knows what's already been, and he knows what's to come. And he is even now answering those needs in order to bring comfort and renewal to all his people. Having faith in God is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Oh, it's just amazing. And of course, when we're in church on a Sunday morning in the God slot, it's easy to have faith. It's easy to be positive about things. But faith isn't a passive thing. 
It's not something we have as an ornament or an optional extra. You can't buy it on Amazon. Having true faith means being ready to act, ready to play our part in the extension of God's kingdom. You know, uh, true faith means that if you pray for rain, you need to take an umbrella when you go out. Such is the love of God. It means having total reliance on the wonder of a God who never, ever fails us, his people. There's a wonderful story told uh, about a church. A church that had gone through its Christmas and New Year celebrations and they'd had a wonderful time. But now uh, they were confronted with those grey days of January and February. You know, the, the only thing you've got to look forward to is paying the credit card bill. You know, those days. And one of the members of the church felt particularly low and so she went to see the minister before a service and she said, I don't know about you, she said, in a loud voice that everybody could hear. Every church has got one of those, hasn't it? You know? And she said in a loud voice, she said, oh, I don't know about you. When I see all that's happening just now and the way that I feel, I feel that we're all going to the dogs. Now, the minister who was a retired chap, and of course, like all ministers, he was handsome and debonair, full of panache and understanding, and the people loved him, of course. Yeah, if you believe that, you believe anything. Yeah. He said nothing, nothing at all, until he came to announce the first hymn in the service. And he looked to this person in the face, stared straight at her, and he announced with determination in his voice, God is working his purpose out. So what do you think? We travelled through Christmas and New Year, and we enjoyed it. And now the story of God's eternal purpose continues for us as believers, for us as a church, for us as a community, and for us in the world. But what's next? Are the upheavals that the world experiences just now signs that things are moving in a downward spiral? Remember Dad's army? We're all doomed. Yeah. Or is God taking us forward? in our witness, in our ministry, in our work for him, in kingdom growth? Are we going to the dogs? Or is God breathing new life into fallow ground to bring new crops to maturity? We prayed the Lord's Prayer earlier in our service, didn't we? The answer is yes, Simon. Thank you. Yeah. And every time we pray that prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
Well, I believe that God hears our prayers. I also believe that God answers our prayers. And that means that his will and his purpose for each and every one of us and for this world is being worked out. Oh, that's difficult. Difficult for us to see just now, perhaps. But our God is a wonderful God who has a purpose for us and for this world that he created And if you doubt that, well, just read the final verse of our reading this morning from Isaiah. Those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Wow! How's that? Those whose hope is in the Lord that you and me will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint you know uh, I was reading Jillian and I just had a few days away and uh, we went to a place which thank goodness didn't have a television set and didn't have a Wi-Fi signal. It was bliss, I've got to tell you. Yeah. But while we were away, I was flicking through a magazine, and I was reminded uh, about that well-known character and a well-known story of a guy called Charles Blondin. Have you heard of him? Blondin was a remarkable character, and he was the wonderful, a great tightrope walker who very bravely walked across a tightrope, a high wire, across Niagara Falls. Wow. And and I read his story. And the story is told that after he had uh, performed this great feat, he had a wonderful idea. He wanted to go back and do it again. But this time, he thought he'd take someone else with him. And his idea was to get a wheelbarrow and push it across and somebody else could get in and they'd go together. Now, a newspaper reporter was, uh, he was excited by that. He thought it would be wonderful. And he wanted to report it in his newspaper. He was really enthusiastic. And that delighted Blondin. And he told the reporter that not only could he report it in his magazine, he could have a bird's eye view. All he had to do was sit in a wheelbarrow. You know, it's one thing to say that we trust God. It's another thing to publicly declare our faith. It's another thing to take action when we can. But as the Apostle Paul said in our reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 9, we must do that for the sake of the gospel, that we may share in its blessings. So are you ready to get in the wheelbarrow? Oh, yes, it may wobble a bit occasionally. Yes, of course it will. And yes, perhaps... We'll sense at times that the rope underneath gets slack or tightens up. But for us as faithful believers, for us as the church of Jesus Christ, the wonderful comfort is that our God 
is ever faithful. Our God will and does hold us dear. For God is working his purpose out in our lives and in this world. And so, as Isaiah declared... Are you ready to soar on wings like eagles? Are you ready to run and not grow weary? Are you ready to walk and not be faint? Oh, be sure, friends. We are not forgotten and never will be forgotten by God. And God's purpose for each and every one of us is assured. For such is his love for you, for me, and for this world. Thanks be to God. Amen.